Second Kings chapter five. Second Kings chapter five. And we've been looking at the story of Naaman for the last couple of weeks or so. And I just want to recap a little bit on what we have been saying for the benefit of those who may not have been here. The story of Naaman, we all know the story of Naaman probably so well from Sunday school times. And it's in 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman was the captain of the host of the king of Assyria. And we saw that he was a great man, he was honourable and he was virtuous. And the Lord had used him, and this is important in the light of what we were saying when we were praying there, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria by him. They had been, the Syrians had been captive and under the power of Assyria, that big empire. But through Naaman, the Lord had given deliverance to Syria. And it just bears out what Daniel says, and we, for those who have heard this before, uh, just bear with us while we go over this. Daniel says, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. God rules in the affairs of men. And here it points out that fact that God had delivered Syria through Naaman. God had used Naaman, and God used Nebuchadnezzar, and God used despots throughout history in order to fulfill what he has planned but despite all this Naaman was a leper and we saw that leprosy is a type of sin leprosy in scripture is used as a type of sin and when Jesus sent out the disciples he sent them to heal the sick cleanse the lepers Raise the dead and cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. The Bible talks always about cleansing lepers. Because of the fact that it's a type of sin, we have to be cleansed of our sin. He said, heal the sick, but cleanse the lepers. We need to be cleansed from our sin. The psalmist says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me from my sin, Lord. Put thy power within, Lord. Take me as I am and make me all thine own. We used to sing that in Sunday school. And then we looked back at Leviticus chapter 13. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, the third book of the Bible. And we saw what a leper had to do when it was discovered that he had leprosy. Leviticus 13 verses 45 and 46. He is a leprous man, and the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare, and he shall put a covering over his lip, and shall cry, Unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he shall be unclean, he shall dwell alone without the camp and shall be his habitation there were different things that a leper had to do when it was discovered that the person had leprosy he had to 
do about four different things. He had to rend his clothes, which was a sign of deep mourning, a sign of deep distress. And we, we looked at various people who rent their clothes on occasions of deep distress and deep mourning. And he was to go about with his head bare. And we saw that that apparently was also a sign of mourning. In, in Ezekiel it says, Groan and be silent. Do not make a mourning for the dead. Bind your cur- turban on your head. And put on your sandals. In order to try and give a feeling that they weren't mourning, they were to put on their turbans. But if they had left those off, it would have been a sign of mourning. And the next thing was they were to put a covering over the lips as a sign of death. They were to keep the upper lip. And when the corpses were were being prepared for burial, they, they, they bound them and they bound their lips. And it was interesting that that was a sign of death. They were to be as if one was dead. And they were to go about shouting unclean, unclean, so that people would not be contaminated by them. They had to be avoided. And, you know, we saw the picture of death. A leper was a walking illustration of somebody who had died. Shouting unclean, unclean, keep away. And we saw that as a picture that those of us should keep away from the world keep from mixing with what the world does we should be avoiding it the world is shouting out there unclean unclean many of the practices in the world we we have to mix with the people in the world I'm not saying we shouldn't mix with them but we don't take on their attitudes and their practices the world is shouting unclean we only watch the television and it's shouting out very loud unclean unclean and he was to dwell alone. He was to be, he was to live outside the camp. He was ostracized. The rest of Israel, even his relations, could not live with him. They were to have no dealings with him. He was, he was as if he was dead. And the Bible speaks that those of us who when we're born, we're born in sin. We're dead in trespasses and sin. And he was a living lesson of sin personified, wasn't he? Unless he was cleansed, he was end in certain death. He, because his dress, it was a picture, the way he was dressed was a picture of one in deep mourning and of a living death. And the thing about it too, he could have no doubt himself about his condition. He, he was a leper. He couldn't just be a little bit of a leper. We had a friend that <laughs> he used to say, a doctor friend of ours said, you can't be a little bit pregnant. Either you're pregnant or you're not. Either you're a leper or you weren't. He couldn't say, I'm just a little bit of a leper. Once he was declared to be a leper, he had to live outside the camp. He had to be living death personified and we are all sinners you know the world puts us into big sinners and small sinners white lies and black lies and, and all but the, Jesus said if you offend in one, one little bit of the law you're guilty of the whole law 
once he was declared to have leprosy, he lived with the other lepers. That was his loss, unfortunately. I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. The psalmist says in Psalm 51, verse 5, I was shapen in sin, and in sin did my mother conceive me. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made righteous in his sight. Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, he, he became sin for us, so that he could identify and cleanse us from our sin. And the leper was put outside the camp where Jesus Christ went, it says, outside the camp bearing his reproach. We'll look at that in a, in a moment. It's a picture of sin. The sinner and the world and what Christian's attitude to this whole scenario would be. Paul writing in Corinthians says, having Therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of, Lord, of the Lord, perfecting to be separate. He says, having let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, we should have no fellowship with corpses. That's what it's really all about. And that was the fact that Naaman was a leper. And Naaman's name meant pleasantness. Pleasantness. And he had great attributes. He was a wonderful person. His name meant pleasantness, but he was a leper. And we were reminded that the pleasures of sin, it says that Moses... Didn't oh, he rejected the pleasures of sin? There are pleasures in sin. Let us not forget that. But they're only for a season. And Moses rejected those, it says, because he thought it more honourable to follow God. Sin may present itself in many pleasant forms, but underneath it is rotten. You know, if you'd seen Naaman probably walking down the street as commander in chief of the army of the king of Syria he probably looked a perfect specimen of a man but underneath he was rotten stinking smell of death and then we saw how the young girl who was captured came and she she witnessed to the fact that there was a prophet in Israel who could heal her and she witnessed it and then the king of Syria he sent Naaman to the king of Israel and we have the king of Israel who was a godless man in charge of the people of God here was a man who was who was in charge of God's people and yet he didn't know the God of the people and he was so worked up when, when Naaman arrived with all his entourage and he, he came to, to, to the, the king of Israel and said I have a letter from the king here and when the king read it he said this man's trying to, to, to have a row with us he wants to start a war am I, am I a prophet am I God that I can heal this man but Elisha heard about it and he said send him to me He'll know when he comes to me that there is a God in Israel. That there is somebody. 
And you know, we have people today in churches who are in charge of congregations, who are in charge of churches, who are not preaching the Word of God, who are not, who do not know the God of the church in which they are supposed to be ambassadors. We need to be careful that we know the God personally that we speak about. And so uh, Naaman arrived at the house of Elisha. The, the Syrian chief of staff arriving at this little humble abode of the prophets. And he, he sat there, you can imagine him in his, his chariot sitting there waiting for Elisha to come out and do some great thing. And what a mistake. Elisha sent the servant out and said, The master says that uh, you have to go to the river Jordan and dip in it seven times. Just down the road, first turn to the left. And you come to the Jordan. And went in again. And he was furious. It says that he was beside himself. He was mad. And he got back into a, in a huff into the chariot. But thank God for the servants. The servants said, look, Father, if, if the prophet had said to do some great thing. And you know, that's the problem these days. People cannot accept the simplicity of the gospel. To, to accept that Jesus Christ died for their sins and if we come to him in simple repentance and faith and ask him to come into our lives to take control of our lives it's nothing to do with us because Christ did it all on the cross Naaman couldn't get over the simplicity of it but the, the servant said and they said listen you well, on our way back to Damascus, in any case, we have to go past the River Jordan. We have to go over it. So you might as well. And in simple faith, Naaman went and he dipped in the Jordan seven times and his skin became like that of a baby. He was excited. He went back to the prophet. He, 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 he knocked on the door and this time Elisha came out and he, he pleaded with him to take some presents. He wanted, he still thought that he should give, give. Elisha pointed out, no, this, this healing he had came from God. It had nothing to do with Elisha. And you know, we cannot do anything to, to buy our salvation. It's just, it is not try but trust. We used to say a hymn, I can't remember it, but it is not try but trust. Something about him, uh, only in Christ believing, it is not tried, but trust. By the deeds of the flesh, Scripture says, shall uh, no flesh be justified. But what, one thing he did, and we're getting near to the end of where we left off last week. He, he did ask, he says, well if you won't take anything, I want uh, two loads of earth. Give me two mule loads of earth. Because when I go back, he says, I'm not going to worship any other God except the God of Israel. And how he knew about it, I don't know. But what he was going to do when he got back was to make an altar. And there were two types of altars. If you want to look at Exodus chapter 20, uh, you'll see that there were two types of altars that God only allowed. Exodus chapter 20 and uh, verse 24 and Moses 
20-24. There are two types. God goes back, go back a verse says you should not make with me gods of gold or silver. You should not make anything like that. But he says, an altar of earth shalt thou make unto me. And shalt sacrifice thy burnt offerings and thy peace offerings, thy sheep and thine oxen. In all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee and I will bless thee. So they had, could make an altar of earth. And that's what, what Naaman was going to do. He was going to make an altar of earth so that he could offer sacrifices to the God of Israel when he got back to his own land. And it says, If thou wilt make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stone. For if thou lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast uh, polluted it. So they could have two types of altars. They could have an altar of earth, which was a, a rough and ready sort of thing, or an altar of uncut stones. And it said, if you, if you dress the stones in any way, if you, if you carve anything on them, you've polluted it. And this was a picture, uh, again, of salvation. There's nothing we can do to elaborate or to adorn the simple truth of accepting Christ. We cannot, it's not of works lest any man should boast. It's just a picture of what was going to happen in the future. So he said, uh, when I go back, I, I want to uh, worship the God of Israel. And that's it. We got up that far. I think. Now let's look for a moment this morning, just very quickly, away a little bit from the story of Naaman, back to the fact that uh, of the cleansing of a leper. A leper was cleansed, and we want to see what rituals. And let's look in Luke chapter 17. chapter 17, we have the story here of t Jesus cleansing ten lepers. Verse 11, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They were away from everybody else. They had to. And they lifted up their voices and said, they cried out from the distance, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. It came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. They were cleansed. It's always cleansing with the lepers. Just notice that. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. There's another instance just in, in Matthew chapter 8, a very similar little story. Um, 8, 1 to 4. And when he was come down from the mountain, he'd been up on the mountain giving various talks of the, 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 the Beatitudes and all the rest of it. And when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. 
clean, you see. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said unto him, See, thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Offer the gift. See, in each case he told him to go back to the priest and offer those things which were demanded by the law. And so let's go back to that passage in Leviticus. Leviticus 14. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp. And the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command to take him that is to be cleansed, two birds alive and clean, and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them in the living bird and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times. It all goes back to this thing about Naaman having to dip in, in the Jordan seven times. Seven shows perfection, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall be the, and shall let the living bird loose into the open field, and he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes and shall save, shave off his hair and wash himself in water that he may be clean, and after that he shall come into the camp, and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days, but it shall be on the seventh day that he shall shave all his hair off his head and his beard and his eyebrows even all his hair he shall shave off and he shall wash his clothes also he shall wash his flesh in water and he shall be clean and on the eighth day he shall take two lambs without blemish and one new lamb of the first year without blemish and three tenth deals of fine flour for a meat offering that can be a meal offering meat is a bit confusing uh, mingled with oil and one log of oil and the priest that maketh him clean shall present the man that is to be made clean and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and the priest shall take one, one he lamb and offer him for a trespass offering and the log of oil and wave them for a wave offering before the Lord and he shall slay the lamb in the place where he shall kill the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. I read that incorrectly. And he shall slay the lamb in the place where he shall kill the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering. It is most holy. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and the priest shall put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed and upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his, of his right foot and the priest shall take some of the log of oil and pour it into the palm of his own left hand and the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand and shall sprinkle the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord and of the rest of the oil that is in his hand shall the priest put upon the tip of the right ear 
of him that is to be cleansed and upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his right foot upon the blood of the trespass offering over where he'd already put the blood and the remnant of the oil that is upon the priest's hand shall he pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed and the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord and the priest shall offer the sin offering and make an atonement for him that is to be cleansed from his uncleanness and afterward he shall kill the burnt offering and the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the, the meat offering from upon the altar and the priest shall make an atonement for him and he shall be clean and they had another set of rules which are slightly different for if, if you were very poor you had slightly different offerings to make This is a picture of cleansing of the leper and the various rituals that he had to go through. And in the first seven verses we have a picture of what was happening to the man that had to be inspected. In verse 2 it said, he shall be brought unto the priest. He shall be brought unto the priest. The man that was a leper had to be brought. You know, we have to make sure that we are prepared to bring people before the Lord. Just just leave them out in the open and forget about them. Bring them to the Lord. Bring them to the Lord in prayer. Bring them to the Lord uh, under the sound of the gospel. And the priest had to go outside the camp to meet this man. He had to go outside the camp. And of course, Jesus Christ, it says, went outside the city to be killed, to be crucified. He had to go outside the camp. The different times when Christ went outside the camp. He, when he came down from earth, from heaven to earth, it was a picture of him coming outside the camp. He had to come, he leave, left heaven to live here upon earth. When he went to Calvary, he went outside the camp. Outside Jerusalem, outside the walls. The good shepherd, when he went to, to, to look for the sheep that was lost, he had to go outside the camp to find you and to find me. And he went outside the camp to inspect this leper. And when he discovered that the leprosy was cleansed from the man, then he had to go through certain rituals which demonstrated to those around and to the man that he was now acceptable in God's sight. And he had to get two birds. Two birds, that they, they say, which had to be fairly similar. They, they weren't to be uh, birds which had been in captivity. They were to be birds which had been caught running free. And then he had to have a stick of cedar and he had to have some hyssop which was a, a herb uh, growing freely and, and he had scarlet and he had the scarlet thread which he, he tied the hyssop uh, to the cedar stick and this was to be used as a, 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 a method of sprinkling the blood and other things later on the cedar wood was a very uh, long-lasting uh, wood. The, the, in, in, uh, in Solomon's temple, it was built of cedar wood. 
emblem of the incorruption of Christ and the durable efficiency of his death. Cedar wood. The Lord is building his church. Solomon's temple was built of cedar wood. The Lord is building his temple. And he wants us to be durable. He wants us to to be living examples of, of him on the earth. We need to be strong and durable members of his church. And then of course the scarlet the, the, the uh, scarlet thread which this was bound up with is, is so obvious the uh, picture of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and his love for each one of us. And the hyssop the hyssop was a, a very common herb around the place it was a purgative. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. These are just little pictures that we can see. Purge me, the psalmist in Psalm 51 says, he says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. They all had, all these pictures had, the psalmist was thinking about the cleansing of the leper perhaps. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. When the blood was sprinkled on the the doorpost when the people were coming out of Egypt, the, the blood of the lamb was sprinkled with there was a bunch of hyssop they used pointing to the, the blood of Jesus Christ which cleanses us from all sin and then the priest shall command one of the birds to be killed and over an earthen vessel with running water and then the living bird he shall take it and the cedar wood, and he takes this thing that he'd made to, to dip, and shall dip them in the in the blood of the the dead bird, and he, and the living bird, the, uh, and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed. He takes it and he dips the the living bird with the blood of the dead bird, and then he also sprinkles it upon the leper seven times seven times showing the perfection of the cleansing of the blood of the Lord Jesus and then he lets the living bird go free it's a picture of Christ dying for us and bearing our sins and then resurrecting into newness of life it's a picture of the the leper who was dead in his sins and dead in his leprosy. We said he was a picture of living death. And now he is cleansed from his leprosy and he has a new life to start back in the camp. Dead to the old life and alive to the new life. And the water, the water is a picture of the Holy Spirit sanctifying washing. What does it say in Titus 3? We're saved not by works of righteousness, which ye have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit washes us clean, cleanses us from the filthiness of the flesh. Washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And the seventh is all, it's all in sevens. Seven 
was a symbol of the completeness and perfection of the remedy. Looking forward to the removal of sin through the complete and perfect sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And after he was cleansed, in verse 8 it says, and after he was cleansed, he washes himself, washes his clothes, and shaves off his hair. And only then can he enter into the camp. It's only when the leper was cleansed that he could come into the camp. It's only when we are cleansed from our sins, when we, when we have the Holy Spirit of Christ indwelling us, that we become members of Christ and childs of God, children of God. Come into fellowship with the church and into the love of God. It's only then that he came into the fellowship of the camp of Israel. Before that he was outside, he was condemned to death. Separation. No fellowship. But when he was cleansed, he could come back into that fellowship. He had to stay outside the camp for a further seven days just to show that his, his healing was complete. It was complete, but it was demonstrating to the people around. You know, it was interesting that the, the leper did nothing, could do nothing to save himself. There was nothing he could have done. Nothing that he could do. Perhaps that is why he had to shave off his hair. You know, nowadays people go around with heads shaving and all the rest of it. But it, how we, it's a sign of total dependence on God. There was nothing of self in it. And maybe that was to prove to people that you know, this man had nothing. Uh, all his hair was shaven off. In Isaiah 3, there's a, an interesting passage. I was just reading it last night. And it's a sign of haughtiness, hair. Isaiah 3.24 and it shall come to pass that instead of sweet smell there shall be a stink, instead of a girdle a rent, instead of a well set hair baldness. It was a sign of haughtiness. Actually, this is a very good. If we read this, <laughs> the daughters of Israel were being condemned by Isaiah, and he sets out the various things that the, the daughters of Israel were guilty of. And you know, as you look around today, it, it's a very good. It's a very good picture of the way a lot of people carry on today. Because the daughters of Zion are haughty, and walk with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go, and making a tinkling with their feet. Therefore the Lord will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. In that day the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments about their feet and their calls and their round tears uh, like the moon. The chains and the bracelets and the mufflers, the bonnets and the ornaments of the legs and the headbands and the tablets and the earrings, the rings and the nose jewels, the changeable suits of apparel and the mantles and the wimples and the crisping pins, the glasses and the fine linen and the hoods and the veils. And it shall come to pass that instead of a sweet smell there shall be a stink, and instead of a girdle a rent, and instead of a well-set hair baldness, instead of a stomach or a girding of sackcloth, instead, and burning instead of beauty. 
thy men shall fall by the sword and thy mighty in the war just a the, the people were living for themselves in Isaiah's, in Isaiah's day and he says it's all going to end but you know in, in Jeremiah it says cut off thine hair O Jerusalem and cast it away and take up a, lament, a lamentation on high places hair was a, a sign of haughtiness in scripture and that might be one reason why the, the, the leper had to shave off all his hair and then he had to make three particular offerings in recognition of his cleansing and that is why Jesus said to these men go and show yourself to the priest and make the offerings that are necessary and we read those offerings they're very complicated but very quickly uh, I haven't time to go into all the offerings but there are different offerings in scripture there are sin offerings sin offering was made to pay for the penalty of sin by appeasement and was burnt outside the camp a sin offering was burnt on the earth outside the camp and that's why Jesus went outside the camp to pay the penalty of our sin. The sin offering was burnt outside the camp. Romans 3.25 Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation that is relating to appeasement through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Christ died to be a propitiation for our sins. That's an appeasement. And that's what the sin offering was. To offer an offering to pay for the penalty of sin. And Jesus, when he died on the cross, was our sin offering. He died so that God would be appeased. Then there was a trespass offering. And Leviticus 5, if you go back a few verses, you'll see that in Leviticus, this was wrongs towards God and towards one neighbor. You had to perform the offering of a trespass offering. And there was always... A, a retribution element of a trespass offering. Leviticus 5 verse 15. If, thou, if a soul commit a trespass and sin through, through ignorance in the holy things of the Lord, then he shall bring for his trespass offering of the Lord a ram without blemish, and so on. And that's the type of thing he had to do for sins towards one's neighbor or towards God. And if you look at Leviticus 6 verse 5, you'll see the various things that if there was retribution in a trespass offering. He shall even restore it in the principle and shall add a fifth part thereto. And if you look at the story of Nicodemus, you'll see when he said, if I have done all to my neighbours, I'll restore him so many fold. He went beyond what the law required because he had wronged his neighbor trespass offerings and and then uh, there was a burnt offering which was known as a, an offering which was a sweet sweet savor before the lord and it was an a, an offering which was an acceptance the offering of a life dedication of a life to god and then there was a meal offering and that was offering of the fruits of the earth and we offer the, the fruits of the earth which are produced in our life through the work of the Holy Spirit we offer them to God but let's look at the, the four or five things that happened in verse 14 he shall take of the blood of the trespass offering and shall put it on the tip of the right ear the right thumb and the big toe of his right foot strange isn't it and you know, this was indicating, perhaps, the total cleansing of the leper. 
the right ear. From now on his hearing would be attuned to God. What he would listen to would be the word of God. And the blood was placed on his right ear. His, his hearing and he was going to be from now on in tune to God. His right hand was the right hand of fellowship. And right hands in scripture are, are very important. And you know that's why in, in Muslim countries when they cut off somebody's hand, his right hand. That's the hand that they eat with and the hand that they, 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 they do a lot of things with. And for, for, for the right hand to be cut off is, is cutting them out of society. But the right hand, th this man's hands were now going to be dedicated to God. And where he, whatever he did in the future was going to be towards God. And the right toe, wherever he walked, wherever he went in the future, was going to be, he was going to walk in the ways of the Lord. Just a very simple lesson. His, his, his hearing, he was going to listen to God. What he did was going to, to, to be dedicated to God. And what he, wherever he went and wherever he walked, was going to be dedicated to God. And then the, the oil, the oil came. Now the oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, once uh, we are sanctified by the Holy Spirit, we are separated apart. It, it says in... Uh, in Acts, when they were trying to choose, the Holy Spirit said, separate me. The Holy Spirit said, separate me. We are to be separate from the world. We are to live in the world, but we are to be separate from the world. And the, 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 the oil was to be placed again on the, the, the right ear, the right thumb, and the right toe. That the whole of my life has to be sanctified. Separate. From now on. That's what it's saying. This man wasn't just cleansed to go and go back to his old ways. Now he was cleansed and sanctified. Set apart for God's use. The, the, the utensils in the temple were sanctified. That is, they were set apart for the use of God. And this was sanctifying this man. A picture of sanctifying him to set him apart for God's use. And then the last bit of oil that was left, they rubbed it over his head. Total, complete sanctification. Totally cleansed and sanctified. The leper had to submit to all of this in order to fully partake in the religious and social life of Israel. He had to if he had said, well I'm not going to bother. You know, I'm cleansed, so forget about it. He had to. Romans 15 verse 16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. That the offering of the Gentiles might be accept acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. We need to be sanctified. We need to be separate. In Acts, there's that verse, I, I didn't realize I had it there. Certain, Acts 13, 2. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And this is what this was a picture of. 
the complete cleansing of the person but also the sanctifying of the person that that person was to live a life which was completely and totally dedicated to God Jude the servant of Jesus Christ the brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Christ and called we're, sanct- we're separate are we you know, are we like this leper when he was cleansed then he was separated for the work of God in the camp he could enjoy complete fellowship back with the people of God are we totally committed to God our minds our hearing the work we do with our hands and we walk where we walk we used to have a little thing in the hallway at home if I can remember it it says it was kind of prayer when I was a kid do nothing that you would not like to be found doing when Jesus comes say nothing that you would not like to be found saying when Jesus comes go nowhere that you would not like to be found when Jesus comes totally committed to what God wants us to be to go where he wants me to go and to be where he wants me to be and to say what he wants me to say are we like that leper totally committed to God